welcome to Kaplan's Learn Better podcast. My name is Stuart Pedley-Smith, Head of Learning at Kaplan UK. In this series, you're going to hear from both students and experts as we take a look at a range of topics related to personal and career success in the world of accountancy and finance. My guest today is Neil De Costa, Senior Lecturer with Kaplan, Life Strategist and Networker. Full disclosure, I've known Neil for many years and we share a similar approach in terms of our interest in learning, exam skills and the importance of memory. Neil is here today to provide some expert guidance as to what students should do in that all-important 24 hours before the exam. Neil, thanks for joining me. I'm privileged to be here with you, Stuart. Just to build this a little bit then, Neil. So the idea is that the students been through I suppose, a well-practiced, a relatively structured learning experience in the first place. So, you, you know, you've had your revision period, you've done some revision, and you're now in that. And we're calling it 24 hours just to give it a bit of focus, but there is a bit of sleep in the middle of there somewhere. I know you're going to talk about that a little bit. Talk us through this fictional 24 hours before. Yes, so um, what I thought is a good little mnemonic to remember is uh, take your meds in the 24 hours before the exam. In terms of M in meds, that stands for memory joggers or uh, mnemonics. In subjects like tax, the students uh, have to recall a vast amount of technical material uh, in a very short space of time. So by using mnemonics, it helps uh, it helps them access the information on their fingertips on the actual day. So, for example, in tax, when studying control foreign companies, I teach the students to remember a mnemonic, electric eels love low tax. And this then helps them remember the five exemptions for control foreign companies. So if you just have a little uh, mnemonic to kind of form a framework for your technical knowledge, you can recall it under, under pressure time conditions in the exam. They can then pick up these easy marks very quickly. And I don't know whether as a student was listening to you as you were running through them, you, you, I, you can't do the mnemonic without the work, you know, kind of like the message to students here to a certain extent is something like a memory aid or, a, as you say, a mnemonic or memory jogger is effective for good students who've already gone through a relatively structured process of learning, but could fail at the last level not because they're not good, not because they, they don't understand it, which is the most difficult part, just because maybe under pressure, one, one of the things about stress levels is that minds tend to shut down. If you can just, oh yeah, the one thing I remember Neil saying, something about eels, and then suddenly something about eels leads them back into it, you know, and, and that then provides the framework. And, and, and in learning, we call them schemas. And so that schema suddenly will pop up in your head and it's almost like a, an augmented reality vision that they can see it and all they've got to do is then is sit and sort of type up what they can see. But it's the knowledge that, that you've kind of put in their head that goes under the, the memory jogger, isn't it, really? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, uh, professional exams are immensely stressful experiences, as you said, Stuart. Um, and actually, um, when, I, when I map out a student's performance, for example, in the advanced tax exam, they have to do four questions. But typically, their performance in the last question, Stuart, will always be the worst. 
uh, because they, they're so tired now, they're not able to uh, apply their analytical ability. And, and they're also, you know, physically and mentally drained. So by having these mnemonics, it does help a lot. And one of the things I want to emphasize here is in the exam very often, you also need that short-term memory. Uh, you need that short-term memory boost. One of the anecdotes I always tell my students is uh, I ran into uh, one of my students, you know, a few days after the tax exam. And, and, I, and I asked him uh, what he thought of the exam. And he turned around to me and he said, who are you? Okay. <laughs> not, not, only, not only had he forgotten uh, what, what I taught him, but he forgot who I was. <laughs> but, but the important thing is, you know, he managed to hopefully recall enough to pass the exam. <laughs> Hi, my name's Hada Ali and I'm a final year management accounting apprentice from Derby, currently studying SEMA. In the 24 hours before an exam, I ironically don't revise or sit down and try to learn any new content. That would be a piece of advice that I'd give to other students as well. Map out your revision well in advance so that you have slack towards the end, building up to your exam, and you just literally use the 24 hours to get your equipment ready and all your little final bits and pieces and not worry too much about learning any new content or cramming revision because that will just make you more nervous for your exam. And just trust that you've done enough to that point and just feel confident and give it your best shot on the exam day. In the 24 hours before the exam, I don't recommend students look back uh, at the textbook. You should be just looking at your, your condensed notes and just trying to make sure that you cover a wide area. Because obviously at this point, uh, you know, you, you, you really don't want to be looking at new information. Mm. You want to look at information you're already familiar with. I think uh, that, 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 that's another key, um, key takeaway. Yeah, because if you, if you, it's a, it's a funny thing. I, I'm not a, you know, the saying, if you don't know it now, you'll never know it, is, is a bit overused on one level. I think you can always learn something at the very last minute, but I think the key message is, is by spending time on trying to learn something that you don't really understand, you're losing time on getting that breadth of coverage that you're talking about. Uh, you know, sort of, if you spend two hours on, I'm trying to think about something in tax now, Neil, but uh, if you spend- oh, Inheritance <laughs> tax. Yeah, inheritance tax. Really. Inheritance tax. Yeah. And, and, and I suppose the key thing is, and it's, let's say 10% of the syllabus, but it's something that you struggle with, then you're giving up the 90% that is more likely to come up that, you know, you just need a few memory joggers to, to bring that knowledge back, isn't it? So it's not that you can't learn something up to the very last minute. I think it's, it's an issue of efficiency in time, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and also by you sticking to what you know and getting comfortable with that, what you can do is when you see an exam question, you can immediately, you know, zone in on those easy marks. And I think that that helps give you the confidence to actually complete the question under pressured conditions. So if, if when you're looking at a question, you're picking an area that you're not actually good at, it can actually stop mm. you, uh, stop your performance and actually prevent you from getting getting to that threshold that the examiners are looking for. OK, so meds. Yes. memory joggers and we're talking about the, there are lots of other mnemonics chunk, chunking and breaking things down so in the 24 hours we're concentrating on that i think i think the next one is is questions exam questions 
Yes, so, so the E stands for exam question practice. So I think it's very, very important uh, in the 24 hours before the exam for students to practice actual exam questions. So this teaches them the wording of the question. This allows them to practice analytical ability. And this also allows them to understand the format in which the exam will be prepared. And what about, so just on a practical level, so, you know, we, we've only got 24 hours or, you know, obviously less than that because we've got some memory jogger work to do we've got this how does a student pick which questions that that they should and, and I, i'm not familiar entirely familiar with it. does it take 20 minutes to work through the one of the questions do you do short questions long questions what what sort of so the picking of them and the scale, how do they get through that? So um, all, all the students will have an exam kit. So even if they haven't been to a Kaplan course, they'll have an exam kit. And in all the Kaplan exam kits, we have what are called signposted questions, which uh, offer complete debrief and uh, examiner comments and so on. So uh, the students can use these signposted questions in terms of choosing a good representative question for that particular subject area, Stuart. So um, really what you're looking to do is prepare yourself for the terrain, okay? So yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the analogy I always tell, I always give my students is think, think about running a race, okay? So if you're running a race in, a, in an arena, on the day before, what you want to do is familiarize yourself with the track. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you, you just want to get comfortable with the actual track, the, the terrain, so you can perform at your best on the day. It's partly confidence, isn't it? Although, look, it, it, doing questions and not quite still getting them can, can not your confidence. But I think your, your, your point is well made about the we're trying to smooth them into this quite artificial environment. I mean, there's nothing normal from a, you know, a human point of view about being under that much stress and pressure for sort of three hours. So the more familiar they are with that unfamiliar environment, the, the more likely they're going to be relaxed and comfortable you know, rather than saying, look, I don't even know what that test is going to be. And you're having to, yeah, you've got enough challenges on the day in bringing the information back and dealing with the problem on the page without wanting to sort of go, well, I've never seen anything like this before, which then can send you into panic mode. Absolutely. I mean, interestingly, you, you mentioned that. Um, I was just um, in one of my courses recently and, and I had one of my students, Sophie, there, and she's got a smart watch. And, okay. and what she said is, you know, even while we were looking at an exam question uh, 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 during the course, her actual heartbeat started racing and, and you know, her smartwatch kind of started beeping. She needed to reduce her stress level, you see. So, uh, so, so this is why looking at exam questions on the day uh, is so crucial because uh, what you want to do is keep your stress levels at a manageable point so, uh, which which will allow you to concentrate and and perform your best on the day you know a lot of these things is stopping good students failing from a cognitive point what happens with high levels of stress is that the brain goes into a fight or flight mode and that naturally is the reason that when under pressure you your brain stops giving you the answers and then the internal dialogue kicks in and says you know what's happening why am i why can't i do this when I actually could do it yesterday. And you've got to, once again, even in that very heightened point, that internal dialogue's still quite important to try you know, to get your smartwatch from stopping bleeping and calming down, and then the knowledge will come back, won't it? 
absolutely. So, so as you know, when we when we learn a concept, Stuart, it goes into our long term memory. So the students have at this point put in quite a substantial amount of work. But what I always tell them is even if they're looking at a question and perhaps they don't have time to work through it, you know, we talked about, you know, spending uh, with some of the exam questions, they take an hour to do a single question. If they don't have that required amount of time, just by reading the question, thinking about it, and then looking at the examiner's suggested solution and picking up a few key points, they can actually cover quite a wide area of the syllabus if they haven't done enough work earlier but uh, but doing this last minute question practice is is very very important hi my name's neve houlihan and i'm a project financial controller based in derbyshire so what does the 24 hours before an exam usually look like for me Generally, in the 24 hours before, I take the day off work because I'm doing my SEMA qualification alongside work. Um, And it's really important for me to sort of really concentrate on my exam the day before. And it tends to be I either do a mock or some practice questions and really just going through my notes because I like to be really, really prepared before the the day before even comes so that I can concentrate on the last 24 hours, really sort of digging deep into my notes and trying to remember everything. Okay, so we've got we've got 24 hours, we've got memory joggers, uh, we've got exam questions in all their shapes and sizes. I think your next one's around diet Neil isn't it what's what's your... absolutely so I think it's a uh, diet is 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 very very important because in order to get through the exam we need energy Stuart mm. and you're looking for foods that would release energy steadily to get you through so we don't want you to have you know a, a, a sugar spike and then come down uh, we want your body to be releasing energy uh, to take you through the entire length of the exam so what I normally recommend is uh, having a good breakfast on the day okay um, so you know uh, you know something like porridge or, or muesli oats these are all very good foods with fiber and they'll release energy gradually so in terms of, of liquids, you know, to just leave the glass of wine, the alcohol alone, and probably just, you know, stick to water, make sure you're well hydrated and you're, you're, you're eating foods that will release energy gradually. And what about stimulant? Where do you stand on things like coffees and the caffeine aspect? Is that good, bad or? In fact, I was recently reading a, um, what, what, a re- what a scientist said on this. And what the scientist said is you, you generally have to leave a break of at least one hour from the time you actually physically wake up uh, before you have your coffee. So it's a good idea to leave an hour. But while we're on the point of of actual uh, routine, when you wake up in the morning, at times it's natural to feel sluggish. So when we're talking about diet, it's also important to make sure that you prepare the night before for the actual exam day. So I always recommend the students keep everything that they need to take to the exam uh, ready on the day before. Mm-hmm. So their calculator, their, you know, their passport, everything. So, you know, you don't want to be looking for these things uh, on the day of the exam. So keep everything ready. You know, you almost have an exam bag. And then um, in terms of your breakfast and so on, so you've planned exactly what you're having for breakfast. So, you know, you, you're going to ha- you know, have a shower or whatever and come downstairs. Your breakfast is already planned. So you're Mm. kind of not overburdening your mind with unnecessary decisions, Mm. Stuart. Mm. 
I suppose it's a, it's akin to an athlete, isn't it? You know, these are the, the you know one of the things we've learnt in recent years is these, you know, it's not going to turn a forty percent into a seventy percent, you know, by eating porridge on the morning, but it, it, it you know that level of energy just at the right point. You know, we're talking about little micro details, aren't we? As as they do now in sports science with regards to enhancing performance they're talking about milliseconds by changing you know the the shape of the shoe or shaping something taking a one spoke out or all these sort of very small things that they're not on their own going to win you the race but collectively you know you're going in with the right mindset you've had a i know sleep's the next one you know you've had a good night's sleep you've you've eaten the right all these are little microcosms aren't they of things that can just they, they all add up and, and, and result in, a, a, together, perhaps a, a bigger Absolutely. change. Absolutely. I mean, a great book to read is Atomic Habits, which um, brings up the analogy of the British cyclist team. You know, we had never oh, won right. a single medal uh, in years and years and years. And what we started doing is making these small microscopic changes to the performance, the training, the bikes and so on. In fact, it was interesting at one point, I think, um, a large bike manufacturer did not want the British cyclist team to use their bikes simply because, mm -hmm. yeah, because of all the negative publicity, you see, because if the British cyclist team used their bikes, potentially, you know, this would be the bike for losers. <laughs> Obviously, you know, since then, you know, we've changed that. And, you know, uh, our Hall of Olympic uh, cyclist medals has has shocked the entire cycling world. And it's all about making these small little changes. So in when you look at each individual change, it doesn't seem like a lot. But as you said, collectively, you know, it can take a student from let's say, you know, 43% to uh, to 50% if that's the pass rate. But, and, and, it, and, yeah. and, and makes all the difference on the day. And, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? This is, I mean, these are tips from years of experience and it you know it's a sort of we're talking about things that that we perhaps didn't know before you know they're, they're these sort of things we've learned lessons from and and education and learning and exams is a bit late to the science story really so we're, we're sort of using things like sports science and um, obviously medical science has always been pretty switched on and we're quite comfortable with that but when we come to learning we we're perhaps not as as forward looking because I, I know the, the the last part of of your story really Neil is, is about sleep isn't it and there's I know there's a lot of uh, research into sleep but you you've got some thoughts specifically around what students should do night before yes yeah, so um sleep is so important Stuart because sleep helps our helps our brains process information and um as as everyone knows once you've had a good night's sleep uh you're actually at your best in terms of performance it's interesting um what i always tell people is people like you know saint bolt michael jordan roger federer all these people actually you know they, they they've talked about it and they all have 10 to 11 hours sleep a day yeah it, it's absolutely incredible so they take their mm -hmm. sleep very very seriously so what we need to do is is model from them really and uh one thing mm -hmm. i recommend you do is uh make sure an hour before before you actually plan on sleeping you kind of prepare for that so you have a routine so you know make sure your room is cool uh you know use blackout curtains so you you've actually created a very warm comforting environment for sleep so it's almost like you're preparing your brain to slow down 
One of the things mm. I suffer from is anxiety, Stuart. Because I, I'm thinking of what I plan on doing the next day, my brain is overactive and I can't actually calm it down. So uh, I mm. remember when I was sitting my exams, uh, one of the problems I had was I just wouldn't fall asleep. So, you know, it would be mm. two or three o'clock at night and I would be tossing and turning in bed, uh, thinking of the exam and, you know, desperately trying to fall asleep. Mm. So, so these are tips I've learned from bitter experience. There's been a lot of scientific work on, on, uh, on what's called uh, blue screen emissions. So, so when we look at a screen, whether it's uh, our, our phones, our iPads or our desktops, this emits light. And what this light does is it stimulates the brain. So if you're looking at a screen directly before you want to go to sleep, it's, uh, you're actually unlikely to, to fall asleep immediately. Mm. So you have to give yourself that one hour break from looking at a screen. What I always tell my students is, you know, if you want to, if you want to read something, you know, you can have a look at your mind maps, but also it's important for you to relax now. So, you know, read something calming, like a magazine and so, or so on, but you're just looking for something to help you relax and, uh, and get your brain ready for that restful period. And I know you, you you have a bit of a no mobiles in the bedroom type thing the night before the exam. Absolutely, absolutely. So, but just that one, just that one <laughs> night, of, you know, just that one night. Uh, that, 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 that's an excellent recommendation, Stuart. Yeah. So just you know, avoid yeah. looking at your mobile. And I think you know now with mobiles, we've all got the do not disturb function and so on. So you know, have that turned on an hour before you plan on going to sleep. So you're not getting texts yeah. from work or. You know, yeah, or emails yeah. coming to your phone. Uh, many people might end up, you know, sending off an email at 11 o'clock or and so on. And you tend to think about that email, you see. So it, it just stops your brain from relaxing. From from what I've learned today, really, um, I love the, the mnemonic because it's sort of, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, it says what it does on the tin, doesn't it? You know, memory joggers are important and acronyms are important. And yeah, so take your meds is the idea around... Yeah, what are you doing in those 24 hours? You're a student that's already done, you've done your learning. So we're talking about the, the time just before you're going into the exam and it's spend your time memorizing short-term memory things, aspects, you know, and use as many different memory techniques, mind maps as you can. Exam questions, broad, a reasonable breadth of them. And don't be afraid to look at the answer if you uh, you know if, if if you if you can't do it it's you, you've not got a lot of time left so let's it's a damage limitation strategy yes. isn't it but yeah. it, it, and, it, and what we're trying to do is build up your confidence as well Stuart yeah and, and I think your point about familiarity so the next day when you walk into the exam having seen something similar will just it's a reassuring thing which I think is your confidence point diet very important mainly about energy and and I, the other thing I took away really was the planning and the routine of which diet is, forms part. And then lastly, the last point around the importance of sleep, which we, we know uh, from research that sleep does two things. It consolidates the learning from the day and it clears down effectively for the next day. And that's the sort of frame of mind and, and sort of mental uh, state that you want to go into the exam with. Just one thing you want to leave leave the audience with? Yeah, so one thing I want to say is that, you know, the important thing here is to encourage students. You can 
pass these exams. If you if you believe in yourself and you set yourself a goal and you and you head in for it, that determination and self-belief will carry you through. And, and you know, uh, we're more than happy for you to contact us at Kaplan. Uh, so, you know, my email address is neil.dacosta.kaplan.co.uk. Uh, you can also visit my website, which is neildacosta.co.uk. Uh, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. And, you know, here at Kaplan, we look to support all our students and even students who are not actually enrolled on a course with us. So I hope today we've offered something of benefit, Stuart. Neil DeCosta, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Kaplan's Learn Better podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts to help more people find us. Let's continue the conversation. Follow us on social at Kaplan UK and let us know what you'd like to hear discussed on future episodes.